Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissonance. On the panel this week, she is a comedian you may have seen on Last Comic Standing. She's a mom, a Huffington Post contributor, and the author of the children's book, Little Libby and the Right to Vote. Always a pleasure to have her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Massa Kennedy, welcome. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. And all of the things, to all of your listeners, all the things you he just said are absolutely true. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was going to ask, did I get everything right there? Was just doing the full Rachel matter? You did. Was, uh, yeah, was exactly. everything you I said did. there? Okay. Okay, great. So then I want to take it from our next panelist who is joining us all the way from Altadena. She is an author, a performance artist, and a resistrix. Always wonderful to have her with us. Erica Schickel, welcome. Hey, America. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> dripping with snark like like honey off a Greek pastry at a deli counter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Wonderful to have you here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll do the collective how you do <laughs> in a bit because I I think that's a very complex question. But we are also joined as always by comedian scholar and the black voice of reason always a pleasure to introduce mr time and ship welcome sir hi how are you dave power to the people good to be here how about the white boy Turn up your shit. Yeah, you oh gosh yeah they yeah. Wow. you know i don't i don't know a lot of white people but from what i've seen on tv they look dangerous <laughs> yeah they scare me <laughs> they're terrifying i will definitely cross the street. Down the street i cross <laughs> over to the other side yeah although i gotta say uh from my recent adventures in los angeles 50 50 as to who's wearing a mask white guy or not white guy ignorance in that respect crosses all racial boundaries lines what have you point being there's there's a lot of stupid people although this week white folks definitely tried to to take the dominance grab the flag on that one me i'm dr david robinson i am your vin scully for the impending apocalypse and fingers crossed for the current one as you probably know and have already witnessed, we do have a lot to talk about. But first, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's Community Spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in Community Spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community Spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... 
Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community Spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using Community Spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community Spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And back by popular demand from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for another peak. And we did uh, have more records broken this week on the same day that terrorists stormed the Capitol. We had a new high in daily deaths. So... Congratulations. It is the second Saturday of the new year, meaning that it is National Vision Board Day, National Static Electricity Day, and National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, which explains why my latest addition to my vision board is a picture of a balloon, a gavel, and a badge, signifying that when they catch the cops and military folks who were involved with Wednesday's attack on the Capitol, I really hope the charges stick. We are 11 days away from a new government, same as the old boss, as who fans might say. And as of today, we've got... Timpany. 369,390 Americans dead from the coronavirus and... 21,990,300 confirmed cases. And as long as we're talking numbers, still got 628 immigrant children who remain separated from their parents because, for the meantime, it is still Trump's America. And we will be talking about how much meantime there actually is in just a moment, but because... I'm guessing today's show is probably going to go a little dark, let's say. I wanted to start with some of the good news because the week did start, well, it started on a really interesting note with a phone call that Trump made to the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, on Saturday which that was a week ago i know it's amazing (laughs) and last saturday okay i know erica it was three years ago (laughs) well that would explain why your hair's grown out so much katie and time and (laughs) you too i wasn't gonna say anything but Raffensperger, knowing who he was dealing with, recorded the call because Sunday morning, Trump lied about the call on Twitter. And so Raffensperger said, uh, no, that's that's not really how it happened. And gave the Washington Post about four and a half minutes of the call to which uh, all the the deniers on the right were screaming, well, that's just, a, that's just an edited piece of the call. Why don't you put out the whole call? So they did, and <laughs> oh boy, kids, it did it did not get better for for maggot forty five. So that was that was interesting, and knowing that that was happening, I I like because normally I like to give people a weekend, you know, just to enjoy themselves, and then I start booking the the panel for 
the following week's show on Monday. But I figured Sunday, like, ah, no, let's let's lock in some folks and 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 get this going on. And then I had halfway joked about it. I don't want to say I was joking because, you know, I'm not also going to claim that I'm Nostradamus because it didn't take a genius. But we had been joking about the the riots that were upcoming on Wednesday. So figured between the Sunday call and what I guess would be, you know, light rioting with uh, clouds clearing in the late afternoon and uh, beautiful clear skies in the nighttime. Boy, did I underestimate the power of stupid. And I was actually, you know, it's funny time and well, and Erica, you were actually on that episode uh, a few years back when I was, when I was asking uh, where everyone was when the, the Rodney King riots started, because I wasn't living in California at the time. And this is, this is another one of those, I think moments that we are all going to tell future generations where we were when it happened. And I was getting ready to uh, leave the house to go get tested for COVID for a show that I'm working on and got a text from my neighbor who's in my bubble, whose poodle has adopted me. We've talked about Luca on the show before, but she was at the doctor's. Luca had been home for like two hours and I had kept pretty much MSNBC on from the night before when I stayed up till 3 a.m. watching them count the votes for the uh, Georgia vote coverage. And so then Wednesday, I wake up and I'm getting ready and it's like, you know, kind of close to noon. And I get it, I'm, I'm watching the news and I get a text from my neighbor uh, saying, hey, you know, I've, I've been away for a while. Would you mind going to check on the dog? I'm like, um, well, I'm actually about to uh, leave for my COVID test. And, uh, oh, they're storming the Capitol. <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck is going on? And it, it, it was, you know, as, as a civilian who has, I don't think I went to the Capitol uh, when I was in Washington, D.C., but I, you know, I've worked at a music venue. I've been to many concerts. I'm well aware of using obstacles to manage crowds. And you figure, okay, well, they broke through the gates and they're on the steps, but they're, they're not going to get into the building. Okay, they got into the building. Well, they're not going to get in and, okay, they, they're, well, there's something you don't see every day. Some, you know, redneck terrorist holding court in the Senate, which was kind of a, a disturbing image. <laughs> and anyone else? Uh, where where were you on Wednesday? Katie Massa Kennedy. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I saw them. I, I I saw they were breaching the security fencing, and then I couldn't believe that they actually got inside i mean i i i i I never ever expected it to get that far well how much how many how many billion how many hundreds of billions do we spend on uh defense every year (laughs) 700 billion uh my my neighbor had actually told me like the the budget for the the capital police forces is somewhere around 450 million a year right 
Well, but like, was- and I want to get into the the failures and quote unquote failures uh, without this turning into a conspiracy show. But uh, Erica, what were you doing on Wednesday? Uh, late well, morning? I mean, I was doing what everybody in America was doing. I, or hopefully I was sheltering in place and watching the <laughs> fucking news, you know, and it was a slow, weird dawning watching that happen. I mean, I felt extreme cognitive dissonance, you know? And I realized that over the last four years of just watching so many breaches of decency, of the law, of humanity, to see these fucking horrible, filthy, crazy people, you know, enter that building, you know, that sacred place and shit literally and figuratively all over it. And I I mean, I was just sitting there going, is this fucking really happening? After watching all those Black Lives Matter protests with the fucking police and the tear gas and I, where am I dreaming this? Where are the police? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was an, just an absolutely gobsmacking, astonishing moment. By the way, and you I all- was like, holy shit, this is an American history like we're taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Not just sort of like a slow rolling Twitter mountain of bullshit, but like they're fucking storming the battlements. You know, they're trying to overthrow the government, this crew of total buffoons. I mean, and then finally, the the thing that's on our side is that these people are such fucking idiots. You know, they really can't put two thoughts together, you know, so they're completely disorganized. Well, and and the fact that the fact that most of them are anti-maskers has made it really easy for the feds to figure out who they are. The the ones that got the most media coverage have already been busted. The guy carrying the the speaker's lectern, the guy who had his feet up in in Pelosi's office, the the Jamiroquai looking motherfucker. By the way, uh, I I just wanted to say, because I didn't want to interrupt you there, but in in the middle of your description, I was getting a really strong Madeline Kahn in in Clue vibe. I I, I hated with with flames, flames. (laughs) On, on, on the sides of my face. But, Any but, comparison <laughs> to Madeline Kahn, I'll take gratefully. Yeah, it, um, it was definitely. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's an astonishing moment. We ha- What we are li- currently living through, I can't even believe it's happening. Yeah, now, Timon, uh, as, as, as the black guy, but also knowing you, you know, you work nights. So <laughs> were, were you watching or is this something you woke up to? Like, what, what was your I, Wednesday I like? It. Yeah, because I've watched it. I saw it. I, matter of fact, what, that was a Wednesday night? Uh, well, Wednesday, like just before noon. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. And uh, hey, make, make, make America great again. That's what they wanted, right? Let's make America great again. Okay, Colin Kaepernick took a knee. These son of a bitches attack our Capitol building. You know, no, there's no police. Yes, if it was Black Lives Matter, hey, they wouldn't even have got that far. You'd already have bodies stacked up. Oh, yeah. Well, and, when- know, and, and, you know, there's no more. The hypocrisy is just getting exposed. Yeah, they've exposed yeah. the pandemic. Exposed them now. 
Yeah. This asshole has been exposed and all the people. Now, if they still go, they say, what about the 74 million? Fuck them. Fuck them. Well, and, and yeah, the, no matter no matter what you think about the 74 million, uh, they are still fewer than the 81 million. And that is ostensibly how our system works. It actually, you know, things get slid over to the Electoral College for all kinds of fuckery. But even then, this time, I believe there's a current occupant of the White House who got 306 electoral votes in 2016. And uh, he called it, um, what's the L word? A landslide. Uh, (laughs) So I, I think, just to to use their terminology, just to make them feel more comfortable. Joe Biden won in a landslide. And one of my one of my favorite tweets uh, that I saw someone repost on on Facebook uh, because that's what we do was uh, someone uh, saying people people asking where all the cops were are are the same people asking where Miley Cyrus is when Hannah Montana's on stage. Yeah. And <laughs> that that's one of the things, you know, we uh we all saw the video of the the Capitol Police opening the gates to to let the marauders in uh yeah. at least to the grounds. But we at least I've been reading reports of off-duty police who flashed their badges to get into the building. Uh there were a lot of current and retired military people involved. And this is uh, where I I might go a little off the reservation. And you guys know I'm not a conspiracy theorist and we don't really truck in that on the show. But I have been reading accounts from Congress people who are like, like people who were supposed to know where my office is couldn't find it. Yeah. How did these people find like, and you know, James Clyburn said uh, that he generally works out of another office and that's where they went. Not the office with the, with his name placard on the outside. So there's suspicion. You know, I've heard accounts, uh, although it's it's all hearsay, but I've heard accounts of Capitol Police telling the, the rioters and insurrectionists where to go. I'm not going to go in on the conspiracy theory either, but I mean, you know, if one thing is for sure, they need to do a massive investigation of this. And there right. will be, you know. Yeah, uh, right. and I believe and, Amy Klobuchar think- is uh, heading that up, so... It it will David, be. David, I think I think you're dead on, and I totally uh, I'm with you. I am the furthest thing from a conspiracy theorist as well. So we'll have to see how this plays out. But something that we know is a f- that is a fact is that Trump installed people at the Pentagon who severely restricted what the federal police were able to do, and the national in respo- guard in response to this I, to I, this planned defense. I, 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 I said from the very beginning that. There's no way you can walk that easily in there if he didn't set that up. No way. I mean, and yeah. there's going because there was going to be some scapegoats, and so the the two guys. I mean, they, um, they, sh- they, they show all those videos of like people being peacefully removed, you know, removed. You know, Warnock himself in a little prayer circle being walked out of there, of uh, four people 
You yeah. know, of course it was an inside job. There's no way. I'm sorry, Timon, I interrupted you. That's okay. But I, I, I just, you know, I mean, you know, what we watched, and those of us who've been, I mean, because that's all we've been wanting to do. We've been wanting this shit to just be over. I mean, this guy has just, from the time that he lost, he has just caused havoc. He's like a, a kid just, just fucking wrecking a house. Yeah. You know? And I hope that they say that by impeaching him is probably the best way to get him out. You know, because that way he'll be able, he'll never be able to run again. That motherfucker should not have anywhere to go. Well, Guantanamo. Yeah. You know that, that, that impeachment and him never being able to run from office are two separate votes? Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Oh, and Timon, now that they've banned him from Twitter, how are we ever going to hear about his health care plan? <laughs> yeah. Or infrastructure week. We, he, yeah. We've still got, you know. Yeah, and uh, the Mexi was it Mexico paying for the wall? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fucking yeah, I'm I just, I mean, somebody tell me, how are they that blind that they, that for all these people, I mean, they interviewed, I don't know if you guys saw it, but CNN interviewed a lot of the Trump, the, the people who were there. The terrorists. They said, I don't believe it. There's nothing you can tell them. Yeah. Which I thought was, uh, when, you know, when they were after they, they got the rioters out and uh, Congress was able to, to carry on the business again. I'm not necessarily going to praise him from a career perspective, but when when Mitt Romney just laid it out and he said, you know, you can have every fucking audit in the world. There is nothing you can do that is going to convince the people who do not believe established fact that yeah. it is established fact. The yeah. the best thing you can do. And this was this was a sad moment in America when this line got a, a round of applause when when the what is so basic and so obvious gets practically a standing o when Mitt Romney said if you want to respect the people you represent tell them the truth david i am not a fan of mittens but <laughs> my god i yeah. thought that that statement was unequivocal clear yeah. and exactly perfect yeah i think it was amazing an amazing statement. And I know that it's just a statement of fact, but in this environment we're living in, yeah, it was it's, oh, incredibly powerful. It needed yeah. to be said. And um, Connor Lamb from uh, from Pennsylvania, yeah. Yeah. who almost started yeah. a fist fight because Republicans who lie resent being called liars. You know, rules of decorum. There's rules right. of decorum in this house. Well, Fuck your decorum. It took a very long time to call Trump a liar. How long did it take them on national TV... No. To just flat it was out like last week that they finally did. Really? Yeah, which you know. in Trump time is four years ago. They all, you know, went on TV on Fox and everything, and were saying that it was uh, Antifa behind. I mean, it just—it's it's so crazy, and it's so just illogical you know and well, they they think but that they know they that can... that plays with the base and i you know not to slam all religious people uh but the christians uh <laughs> but i think you know when when you get people whose mindset 
is faith-based and not necessarily like religion faith, but faith rather than proof-based. Mm-hmm. That yes. they're they're already primed to yes. believe what is unprovable because right. in the case right. of the politics, it's a hundred percent false. David, I wrote what I think is a great article about exactly this, that the people were scratching their heads over why evangelicals were behind Trump. And the reason why, and they're, you know, because their morals don't maybe don't line up or, you know, people are saying that it's confusing to them. Well, the reason why is because both Trumpism and evangelicalism require uh, kind of an authoritarian bent um, rejecting fact and believing what yeah. you believe in your heart to be true. And suspension that's it. of disbelief. Total suspension of disbelief. And that's the reason. And you know what? You don't need to know about morals. You don't need to know about abortion. You don't need to know about anything. And as there's long no such- as you know that, that's it. That's the bond. And there is there is no coincidence that if you look at education stats in, in America, and for lack of a, a better term, we're the dumber people, you know, where, where, and all right, let's, let's be a little nice. Where, where are the less educated people in, in large numbers? Where, where is the educational system failing the citizenry in large amounts? It's largely in the South. And that is, that is by design. You get them dumb when they're young and then you keep them in line through gerrymandering. And yeah, some are going to get through. And I guess we can give athletic scholarships to some of them. But most of them, you want to keep them dumb. You want to keep them under control. And then you sort of pen them off in invisible borders of gerrymandering so I, yeah. that the vote goes your way. I and you can keep the power that. to keep the education from being improved. Of course. And that's, you know, that was Betsy DeVos's raison d'etre, right? You know, I mean, that that low-income people will not receive a decent education, and that's the way the educational system was built, you know. continue to carry the pail for the rich is what has yeah. always blown me away, is that, that you, you've yeah. been lied to, that you refuse. I mean, you don't have to be an Einstein to see what Trump, what the fuck Trump was. He was honey boo boo. I mean, come on. I mean, it, you yeah. don't have to, but the, we, we're fascinated with such boo-boo. consumers. And we're into, mm-hmm. what'd you say, Dave? Hitler boo boo. Hitler boo boo, right. I mean, I mean just the, the, you don't have to be highly educated to see. I mean, because let me tell you, if you looked at the age range of the people that were there, they were 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And some of them were doctors and lawyers that were buying it to Trump's bullshit. Yeah. We we know the dumb ones are going to be there. What was that, Erica? Trump didn't like the crowd. He thought the crowd was low class. He (laughs) would like to have seen a, a, a better styled group of marauders. Well, and and wait a minute. You're down in Florida. Okay, my sister lives in Florida. You want to meet some dumbass people who have voted against their interests for so many fucking years? Yeah. That's a surface state. All they do, if if it wasn't for Disneyland and and other... And old Jews. That fucking state wouldn't even make it. Yeah. They would never make it. Disneyland, Cubans, and old Jews. 
and fans of electronic <clears throat> music. You know, David, I'm going to, um, not, not to tread into conspiracy, I'm just stating the facts. When you looked at the images of those terrorists, you saw majority people who I would call patties, whose heyday was about 40 years ago, or 50, <laughs> 50 years ago, when they were maybe on the cheerleading squad, and they've since been in a very, very long, sad marriage, <laughs> and they've clung to QAnon for some yeah. sort of hope over the last decade, right? Well, so you had those. And, the women, hold on, hold on. Okay, the women okay. with the pom-pom, with the Trump pom-pom hats, right? So yeah, it was yeah. basically like Comic-Con for white supremacists, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Good then, that, that was the majority. Mm-hmm. But then, as you looked closer at the images, you saw a number of men in all black in full tactical gear. Yeah. Now, this needs to be looked into those to figure out exactly what this was. Yeah. We well, need to first find of all, motherfuckers with the zip ties. Yeah, to right. well to that point, uh, and I think it was like the guy who, like in the the picture that went out to all the press, turns out he's a former Air Force guy from Tennessee uh, who wears the same outfit to all the demonstrations uh, that he goes to in Tennessee. So they were able to find him, and then there were photos of him without the masks and shit on. So he's uh, he actually is one of the people that's getting busted. But uh, Katie, and uh, I think Rosie's going to be on the show next week, and he's sort of our resident Q expert because he spends mm. so much time online trolling them. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He knows he know your enemy. Oh, dude, you've never been on with Rosie. Oh, we got to do oh, that someday. Great. He'll drive he's you great. nuts, but just knowing the two of you. Um, <laughs> but the the way they get the patties in the queue and going off of what you were saying is this whole save the children you know false uh, yeah, yeah all the lies about uh child trafficking and and the thing is there there is yeah. plenty of of sex trafficking and oh, yeah. child trafficking uh that that is definitely happening it's just not being led by by hollywood and liberal political Illuminaries, uh, particularly out of the basement of DC area pizza joints, but that's how they get the patties in. And I, I imagine going with your analogy, uh, it's not just the failed marriage. It's the thing of, well, I wasn't able to save my own child. I'm going to go save other people's children. So I think that, yeah, it's that, that fake sense of purpose that it gives these 55 year old high school quarterbacks and cheerleaders who have no meaning in their lives describing though is not it just provides temporary moral cover for them it doesn't they don't give a shit about children no obviously well i i think some do or or at least that's what initially they cannot they They but not that it's no they they just they support these children, like the rest of them, the brown ones in cages. They they deserve that. Besides, brown, and and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying they're right, but this is what gets them involved. And then, like, you know, they they come to save the children and and stay for the batshit crazy. So, you know, that's that's how they get not even pulled in, but oh, here's you know, here's something I can do. Tuesday night social yeah. group. I'm not also, doing book club. I don't just read. 
outlet for just their rancor and their anger and wherever that anger is coming from. I mean, it, well, that's it's, a, it's personal, you know. Yeah, I, that's I mean, where the I don't think it has strictly to do with whatever the Republicans have been telling us that that voter. Those voters are, you know, economically deprived. Yes, I'm sure that's part of it. But there's something there that, you know, there are plenty of economically deprived people who aren't, you know, building, you know, lynching scaffolds outside of Congress, right? Right. And like Tynan said, there there are doctors and and other professionals in the group. But like Katie was saying, you know, it goes back to the, the high school cheerleader who's trapped in a loveless marriage with children who hate her and her husband the the husband you know high school football star got his junior college degree blew out his knee never made the pros selling insurance there's whatever the story is there is that inherent bitterness there's that life did not turn out the way i thought it should have right. and it's or somebody else's fault love enough or you know i you know or daddy hit me you know there are plenty of things that set people up to be furious and broken and ugly like that yeah but well, i have to say that you know the thing that goes runs through all of this is just is racism it's just racism it's well, not what Senator, Senator Cohen said. He said, these are the children. What you saw were the people of the past. These yeah. are their children. This is their kids. Yep. You know, these are the guys that believe that, you know, that were, you know, I mean, we had an anti-lynching law, for God's sake. Yet yeah. they brought a, a, a noose and everything to the Capitol building. They disrespected, but they, but this shit has been there. It just had not come up. Right. It's, always, just, it's always been there, you know, yeah. because I mean, if you look at and, and people say, oh, you know, why do we always have to go to history? Because history shows us where this type of shit came from and yeah. how people think. And, and so what it leads to. Economic I, jealousy. Economic jealousy has always been there. That white boy has always said somebody took something from me. Somebody, yes. you know, they said and it oh, was oh, generally the black, the black man, right? I yeah. mean, that's that's the narrative, and it just cycles through. I was in a, I was in a up at Bart's Books last weekend up in Ojai, that great outdoor bookstore, browsing around, and I found a book that I didn't buy, but it was the hist, not the his social history, but just a listing of every lynching that had happened in America, just. Page by page, each one a bullet paragraph, just describe who, what, where, you know, whatever. And wow. it was, it, it was so horrifying. And I just, in, in light of everything that was happening, it's just like, all this week we keep hearing, you know, this is not America. This is not who we are. And like fucking looking at this book, I'm like, this is who we are. Yeah. This is who yeah. we are. We need to get past that fucking rhetoric and, and admit to what we have seen, which is this is America. This is the darkest, nastiest seam of it. But Well, that's why they brought up Hayes and they brought up Tilden. Because... Yeah. With the, the election of Hay, with the election between Hayes and Tilden, killed Reconstruction. 
which brought on after that yeah. Jim Crow. And we implemented, and we've, you know, when you sell that narrative for so long and you don't believe that, oh, well, it's not that bad. Oh, I didn't think because, you know, if there had been black, they wouldn't have got away with this. Dude, you're forgetting we got enough media that we can show you. Well, oh, and they, I, they I wish I wish I could remember. Maybe maybe one of you do, but uh, Wednesday morning before uh, the Capitol was stormed, when Ted Cruz brought up the the Hayes Tilden decision and said, "See, it's been done before. This this is compromise," and I I don't remember who the uh, next Democrat to speak was, but they're like. Yeah, maybe that's not such a great example. And it's like Ted Cruz basically like ripped out the last few pages of old Yeller and hey, happy dog story. You know, it's like Lindsey Graham brought up the the, the Tilton because he was talking to Tim Scott, you know, and he said, hey, they didn't like to vote, but it's where things ended up. And this is what you're seeing right in front of you. The fact that Kentucky, you know, is being run by Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul, and Ugh. they're last in everything. If it wasn't for New York, you wouldn't have a Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. New That's York fair. takes care of it, but they're last, and they voted for these guys. And now everybody's jumping ship like, oh, my God, I don't want to be around, because they know what's coming. Yeah. Well, as far as uh, Wednesday goes, I just want to point out that Tuesday, the first black man ever was sent to the Senate by the state of Georgia. Amazing. And he won that, he won that election based in large part because of a black woman. Yeah. And then the next day, a bunch of white people stormed the Capitol building demanding their country back. Well, and let's not forget that that morning, uh, Georgia also sent a Jew to the Senate. (laughs) Don't, don't leave us out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you know that was one thing <laughs> that was one of the things is i was watching the election results and i you know i i can be a little dark with my sense of humor but as i was watching the needle go back and forth between purdue and ossoff i was thinking well if ossoff loses you know, I guess the the positive message here is that uh, you can cross racial lines because folks in the South will always come together over their hatred of Jews. Uh, but Ossoff yeah. won, so I didn't have to do that joke, which a, made me even day. happier. It's a new day. What we are seeing, I've really, and I've said this on this show, I probably say this every time I'm on this show, but like, we're seeing the end of it. This is the death throes of it. You know, racism has been a pustule on the arse of America since its inception. And it's getting, it's coming to a head. It's blowing, you know, and and you, you can look at, I mean, it's horrifying and it's terrifying. And at the same time, fucking good, good. Let's see these people for who and what they really are, you know? I I, I really, you know, on on one hand, Erica, I'm with you, but there's a lot of denial and they don't, they don't want to deal with this shit. They really don't want to deal with it because they're going to immediately, I mean, if, if everyone thought like you three and we could put this shit out there, okay, you know, 
because people don't want to. You got black folks that don't want to deal with race, and you got white people that don't want to deal with. Race. I got black friends I can't even talk to about anything to do with black history. They will not discuss it because really? it, it, it 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 angers them or they. Ooh, that's this. I don't want to. But Why? Why is that? When they see what's in front of them, well, they say, where did this come from? Well, no, you didn't want to talk about it. We can tell you where it came from. And that's why you got to deal with it because you're going to, your kids are going to ask these questions. Okay. You got to know that the, that, that the daughters of the Confederate fucked up our history books and controlled McGraw-Hill Publishing and told them you will not put that crap in those books. You're going to make this shit sing like, you know, like Dave said, an old yellow movie. It's gonna be but what do you, time, and I'm really interested, why is that? What is that resistance in the black community to discussing black history? Well, you got your highly educated, it's not all of them, because I mean, you got your highly educated brothers right. who are now living in their, in their really nice neighborhoods, and they don't want to discuss race unless it's actually approached on them. Then you got those... You, you, you got those who are flat out Republicans, grew up in white suburbia, don't want to acknowledge until right. till they throw it up in their face and then, until they, you know, get confronted with some shit, then they got a problem. So it's it's and then, you you know, but you do have those whose parents had those conversations with them, would talk to them before they went out, discuss with them the history of our of our society and, and of, of our country. And and told them the truth. Yeah, you know we we have those. You know uh, right. that that you're going to have those. Remember, remember Harriet Tubman carried a shotgun for a reason, because mm -hmm. all black all those that slaves that wanted to go back, she yeah. said, if you go back, you go back dead. You're not yeah. going to make it. So, yeah. you know, and if we wanted to find out that most of our uprisings were infiltrated by when we were sold out by another black person. Yeah. That's why they didn't last. You know, so you don't have those that just don't want to acknowledge what is. They just want things because, I mean, you, you got to know that they didn't want Martin Luther. There were blacks that did were against Martin Luther King. You, were, you had blacks who were against the, uh, the NAACP. They yeah. wanted things to stay the way that yeah. they were. Mega Evers was killed because of another black person. Yeah. Who told him. So... You know. Yeah, don't say the same thing for women, too. Sure. Right. Sure. The Aunt Lydia's. But I will I'm say, though, that, um, is, you know, uh, what's her name? Stacey Abrams was our secret agent. She was the secret agent. But Stacey Abrams is a good example of, I think, how things are different. Because she has found a way to meet, to find those voters and speak to those voters in a way that is not alienating them because they're coming out to vote, you know? And, well, that's and the I difference believe... between her and Kamala. Kamala, yeah, you went to a HBCU college, okay? Yeah, you did. But guess what? You try to be black. I know. Kamala try not too black hard. Black but if people. you see, when you see Stacy, Stacy talks like a sister, blue collar, grew up in the hood, and go drop that knowledge. She is your Malcolm X. She's yeah, and she's also she your future that? president, I think. But well, but and saying, I, and I you, think if you, if you see the speech between, not the speech, but the uh, debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, mm -hmm. Kamala had these gigantic 
pauses that you could have drove a truck through. If that had been Stacey Abrams, she'd have lit his ass up. There wouldn't be no space. Look, I, I, I think I, I'm just going to say, let, let, let us not. We don't need to crap on one leader in the name of another. No, I am no, grateful I'm that we have. I'm just saying that they're not crapping on it, but just and from, from giving you a black perspective right. of how they see it. Okay. And what we see, I mean, I mean, I mean she, you know, uh, Kamala's a brilliant woman. I'm just saying how they see things. I'm just, you know, I just know that Stacy running for governor and how she said, okay, you know what? You got me here, but I'm not going to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm going to win this war. And yeah. she raised $32 million and here you go. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sort of backtracking a little bit, but talking about what happened in the Capitol on Wednesday and from the lack of equal response to armed terrorists storming the Capitol that uh, there was to peaceful protesters at Black Lives Matter marches and the racial makeup or lack thereof of the uh, group uh, that attacked on Wednesday. We, we know that Wednesday is a day that will be remembered and it should be commemorated as a, a very solemn day in American history. And I think we should just go ahead and call January 6th white privilege day because <laughs> it, I mean, it really, it was everything yeah, it was. that is wrong with white privilege dialed up to 11. And that's what happens. And, and I think one of the other great things, because, you know, we've mentioned it on the show today and time and you've, you've brought it up multiple times, uh, on the show that whether it's uh, been Trump himself and his approach to governance or the pandemic and Trump's approach to the pandemic, these these have both been phenomena that have brought out the worst in a lot of people. And it's brought that into the light to which I always ask, well, what are you going to do about that? It's, you know, it's great to shine the light on, on the horrors, but now, now that we see they're there, it's time to kill the monsters, you know, metaphorically, I'm not suggesting anyone be killed without due process. I think we have a chance to do that. You know, I mean, I think this is as a, a horrific a moment. This is, I think it's also very hopeful. We got 10 days left with this maniac and his permission structure for hatred left to go to but, live through. But the thing is that nothing has been done and already, and before the, admittedly, this was before the, uh, the terrorist in insurgents on, on Wednesday, but Hakeem Jeffries was, was talking about how, you know, we got to turn the page and move forward. Well, much like we have said multiple times on this show that you can't fix the economy until you fix the virus. Right. We, we have turned enough pages and swept enough dirt under the carpet as as liberals, as as Democrats, we have let enough shit pass in the interest of moving forward. Well, that time is over. And what we saw on Wednesday from the the idiots that actually stormed the Capitol 
to the politicians who egged them on, like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, to Donald Trump in the White House, who started this whole thing and his little coterie of liars around him. They all have to be made to pay legally. There, there are, you know, we do ostensibly have a system of laws. You know, there, there are a lot of people on Capitol Hill this week saying we are a nation of laws, you know, uh, ruled by laws, not ruled by men. Well, if that is the case, there is no moving forward and turning the page until this chapter is done. Yeah, David, um, Trump and uh, Hawley and Cruz have to be brought to justice because the the most sacred thing in this country is not the Capitol building itself. It's the vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that is the most egregious thing. Well, and not yeah. just them. Who's the, uh, uh, I, I'm blanking on her name, but a representative from Illinois who was, was out in front of the Capitol praising Hitler before this all went down. You know, well, you know, it's the one thing he got right. It's like, yeah, that's no. And and the one thing she was saying he got right was, you know, that uh, the children are the future. Well, fucking Whitney Houston said that, you know, uh, there, there have been a lot of other people who have said it in so many words. If you're going to Hitler. Oh, uh, maybe a problem. Judd Apatow tweeted out the funniest thing I have ever read in my entire life. It said. It said, it's not fair to compare Josh Hawley to Hitler. Hitler was a published author. You know what? And actually, I want to I actually jump off from there because this is this is one of the things, you know, and we were we were sort of having a, a little conversation debate before we started recording the show today of of who should be, you know, first on on the fire. Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, yada yada. And the thing about Josh Hawley losing his publishing deal and going on Twitter, and I mean this is a guy who uh went to Stanford, uh Harvard Law and Yale. Yale. And Yale. Yale taught at Oxford, uh, clerked for a Supreme Court justice. He knows the law. He knows better than to say that this is censorship and and an infringement on my First Amendment rights when he loses his book deal for being a seditionist terrorist leader. He knows this legally. But, you know, and like his tweet you know the night before when there was a a peaceful vigil on his front lawn when he said that antifa terrorists came to threaten his wife and children this is this is what it comes down to you are you are flat out lying and you're smarter than this and if you actually believed that you had a case that you had a legitimate point you wouldn't have to lie to get it across Erica. I just want to say this one thing. Yeah, yeah. People who have no moral center can only spin, right? Nothing that comes out of his mouth ha- 
is grounded in anything because he is not grounded in anything. It doesn't matter that he went to Yale, you know, it doesn't matter that he knows the law was given one of the finest law degrees or where he clerked. He has no moral center and he is trying to perpetrate a crime on our country. Yeah. You know, and, and so anything he says is just going to be like m- just made of high velocity bullshit, you know. High and, velocity and, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worse than the slow moving kind. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. just, speaking speaking of slow moving kind, uh, I was just thinking of Randy Quaid uh, in in the movie Kingpin. When there's a shitstorm coming, everybody run! And you know we're we're spending a lot of time throwing faint praise on Republicans. Uh, I I lived in Missouri for for eight years. And so I am definitely no fan of, of John Danforth, but for him to come out this week and say that the biggest failure of his career was back in Josh Hawley and, and mentoring him that, you know, wow, yeah, that kind of said a lot, but it also leads me to another thought because the week began. You know, after after the Trump call to to, to Raffensperger, uh, Gabriel Sterling, who's like the chief of elections in Georgia and has become, you know, one of those Republican folk heroes to the left for actually standing up for the truth. Uh, he had that press conference on Monday explaining all of Trump's lies from the call. And why they were lies, and here's the proof, and this is this is the actual number. And props to him and to to all the Republicans who have stood up to Trump, and even to those who are are now maybe finding the courage to do it, and and not just out of self preservation, but watching that press conference. I couldn't help but think, do do you, do you realize that because of, you know, these people are all saying I was a lifelong Republican and, you know, as a lifelong Republican, you brought this about all of, of, and especially, you know, your lifelong Republican in Georgia, you are well-versed in voter suppression and, to to look at just the the election interference alone are you that surprised are you that shocked or do you just not want to admit that everything you have done in your life politically as a republican has led up to this has caused this this has been there the whole time if if you weren't actively trying to advance an agenda of voter suppression, you were helping build the parts of the machine. But you know what? A lot of this, the, the thing that's different now, and I just want to hearken back to the one we're talking, the earlier part of this conversation around Black Lives Matter. You know, what's different now is that it's been so vividly put on display. Things are not the way they were when they were sneaking around and building this foul infrastructure 
for the overt political and racist, you know, fucking shenanigans. That's a bad word for it. But, you know, now we see it. We've seen them storm the Capitol, right? We've seen them try to kill Congress people, you know? And we've seen, you know, now there are body cameras on police officers. So now the conversations that are happening and and the Black Lives Matter movement is here where formerly there was none, you know? And I have to believe that even though all of, yes, all of this goes back to the beginning of this country, um, and it's all ingrained in our history, but history is a dynamic thing. And change is, you know, is an absolute surety, you know? Yeah, and, and we I are really moving forward. And- if we're looking at like the psych, the lifespan of this ideology and this political movement that really got its fucking role on back with Reagan, right? You know, so now we're... 40 years into this thing and it's exposed. It's exposed for what it is. And we are now at a point as a country where we have to decide who we are going to be. You know, this is who we are. Who are we going to be? And I really feel like this is a huge inflection point for us historically and and that we can shift the conversation. And we did, we did, you know, Georgia did send a black man and a Jew to Washington. Yes. You know, this stuff is so possible. It's, it is. And yeah, the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice and all this. But to, to your point, Erica, yeah. We we do have body cams on the cops now. Now we just need to get them to turn them on. <laughs> you know, well, it's 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 these little things. And this is on. right. But but, but, but what are we what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about it? Because because the yes, all this stuff is brought into the into the light. And you have a lot of people saying, Well, we should turn the page and move forward. And you know, one of the one of the things I that I keep seeing in articles where where people are talking about bringing these people up on charges, and a, a lot of the the you know commentators are saying, well, you know, it wouldn't be politically expedient. Well, you know what? Then get the fucking politicians out of the way and yeah, let the people who you. actually care about the law do something. Because but it I'm, may not be yeah, politically I'm, expedient, but if if you if now. you are saying turn the page to protect yep. your colleagues, then fuck you. You either believe that no one is above the law or you believe that some people are more equal than others. And yes, it, it is. I, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure I understand what point you're arguing right now, David. I'm, I'm arguing the point that a lot of people are, are content to, to let it end with, well, it's all but, been brought out into the open. Well, that doesn't mean, no, Erica, I'm not, I'm not saying you specifically are. I am saying that there are a lot of people who say that, and it's, it is the political equivalent of everything happens for a reason. You don't end it there. 
and a lot of people want Nobody, to. But who, I, I'm not saying, look, I feel like. I'm not saying you are, Eric. I'm not attacking point. you. Sure, well, of course, we agree. You do not end it there. This is the beginning of something else. And since the thing that it's the beginning of is a very hard thing, I'm not trying to like sugarcoat it. You know, this isn't suddenly we're all going to fucking hold hands and sing We Are the World or something. This is a hard, difficult moment. And because this is a country made up of every kind of human being imaginable, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of conflict come. We're just seeing the beginning of this phase of the conflict, you know, and and of course, you know, white supremacists and criminal politicians and all of these people are s- empowered right now. But we have taken the Democrats have taken back Congress, the White House. We've got the whole show. And we've just had this unbelievable living example of just the hideous evil in our country. And I think now that that Trump is out of office, you know, that great fucking with his huge permission structure for hatred being dripped through Twitter and everything else into the public ear. That, that, that a shift in the conversation can happen and that that shift is a long time coming and that the work of at, past activists, present activists, all of these people understand what's at stake and the pushback against those who say, let's just move on so we can unite. And those people include both Joe Biden and Ted Cruz. And I think they're both full of shit on that score. You know, because we absolutely can't move on. We have to take this. We have to we have to change the system. You know, this is not the end. It's this not, is not the, the beginning of the end. Not it the is, end. however, the end of the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Winston <Maybe>. Churchill. Podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Didn't, well, to to. Uh, sort of counter the the depth of those words we are running low on time but i wanted to share a little something with you guys because oh as, boy as i <laughs> <laughs> yeah you knew this was coming uh as as i mentioned at at uh the the beginning of the episode the the week began where i thought that uh the the trump call to Raffensperger was going to be like the big story of the week. I figured the the riots I was expecting on Wednesday were not certainly not going to be played out, you know, but after a summer of protests and with so many huge things happening in the news, thought maybe, you know, we can we'll definitely talk about the riots, but you know, we'll we'll focus on this call because oh my god. And then the riots turned into uh, armed insurrection, and uh, and so yeah, it's been a heavy week. I think we need to end it on a little bit of a lighter note. Looking back to the beginning of the week when Donnie went down to Georgia via phone. Um, that's not accurate, Mr. President. Huh. The, the numbers <laughs> that we are showing are accurate.
Donnie went down to Georgia. He was looking for votes to steal. He'd lost his mind because he was way behind and he sucked at making deals. His lawyers were a bunch of kooks who couldn't win a case. The facts weren't on their side, so they had to spin to please the base. 11,000 votes is what I'm asking you to find. He rattled off conspiracies. Brad paid the truth no mind. The Democrats got out the vote. They let the people choose because of your neglect. They might elect a black guy and a Jew. Brad said, Mr. President, have you been smoking bongs? Your speech is slurred with nonsense words. Your facts are straight up wrong. Raffensperger, stand your ground. The law's on your side. The Satan's come to Georgia. You know Donnie lies and lies. Now, if you can get through this call, you can put it on the shelf. But if you don't, you'll compromise yourself. We don't agree that you have one. The challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Donnie tried to state his case and he said, I need those votes. The ones they shredded, burned and tossed and fed to their pet goats. And he whined and talked and made some threats and rambled on and on. Though their ears bled, his lawyer said, now that is classic Don. He said, Let the truth come out. What a schmuck I was. That's what the rumor is. People have, have been saying you found nothing wrong. People should be happy to have an accurate count. They beat me in the in the election. They did it in slow motion replay magnified. That's not legal. I just want to find uh, 11,780 corrupt votes, which is one more than we have. You know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. And they beat me. When Donnie finally shut up, Brad said, now you've said your piece. I voted for you twice, but this time I will not be fleeced. Pardon on the table, go do crimes. Saving from impeachment won't do time. 500 pound orangutan beating his chest. GOP senators will do the rest. We have a tremendous amount of dead people. They were in what looked to be uh, uh, suitcases, trunks, uh, suitcases. Nobody's ever seen them stuffed before. The women, men, started screaming, cut them in half, cut them in half, and cut them in half again. The only way you can do it, as you know, is to go to the past. Donnie straightened his red tie. He was just getting started. A kind of stink hung in the air like Giuliani farted. Brad said this Yankee thinks he's smarter because I come from the South, but I taped that call, you son of a bitch, so shut your fucking mouth. He played pardon on the table, go do crimes. Same from impeachment, won't do time. 500 pound orangutan beating his chest. GOP senators will do the rest. 11,779 forged signatures of, of people with uh, that who's, who have been forged. Those numbers that, that we got, they're not accurate. So there's something about that data that's it's just not accurate. There's nothing wrong with saying that, Brad. And there's nothing wrong with saying that I lost Georgia. And on that happy note, thank you. But uh, yeah, that is is where we are ending the show this week. So I do want to thank the the panel for being with us. Katie Massa-Kennedy, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Oh, um, well, I guess you can uh, check me out on Twitter. Katie Massa is my handle. Um, I just did my first um, Zoom comedy show. 
hey. last week. So I will be posting if I do another one there. Right on. And also pick up my book, Little Libby and the Right to Vote. You can get that on Amazon, Little Libby and the Right to Vote. Awesome. Will do. Thanks again for being with us. Erica Schickel, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? I'm Erica with a K, Schickel with another K, and I'm on Twitter. And uh, I'm Schickety in many places, Twitter, Instagram, come follow me. Uh, nothing to announce other than my book coming next summer, The Big Hurt from Hachette. Right. That's oh. all I got. Woo. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. looking forward to the book. Looking forward to having you back on the show. And thanks for being with us thanks today. Thanks for having me. Mr. and Ship, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Oh, yeah. I will, um... Uh, you can catch me at Time and Ship at um, Instagram, Time and Ship at Twitter, Time and Ship at Facebook, and you can get my book, My East St. Louis, uh, on Amazon or my CD, Universal Brothers, on iTunes and CD Baby, and my website is timeandship.com. Right on. Well, thank you for being with us. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook as Dr. David Robinson. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook, all spelled out, let's be treasonable, and on the Twitter. And at this point, I would just like to note that the show's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Katie, Timon, Erica, all on Twitter. Donald Trump, not on Twitter. (laughs) Not on Twitter. Yeah, you know, it is a a little upsetting because I was really looking forward to like razzing him a lot on on the 20th via Twitter. And now I just have to figure out another way to do it. But you know what? Happy to make the sacrifice. As I I Postcards. Postcards are good. Uh, as as I started saying, we as a show are on the Twitter at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you listen and even on the platforms where you don't. If you didn't like what you heard, well, not sure why you stuck around through the whole thing, but thanks for doing that. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone. We don't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. Sounds good to you. Sounds good to me. We will be back next week with our last show before the Biden-Harris administration moves on in. Should be a doozy. Going to be another interesting week. I'm sure of it. We will see you then. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.